Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. This is the Classic Cars Corner with Malcolm Owens for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Oh, dear Lord, save me, Malcolm. <laughs> how, how are you? Well, I'm glad you guys suitably lowered the tone. Well, we had to do that because uh, yeah. we knew you were coming on. Look, and... Mal, I'd, I'd love to say that normally they're not like this, but we all know the truth. <laughs> but that's what we're listening. You're well used to it. That's it. And Malcolm, that's what we love about this show that you've supported for so long is when we get text messages like Jason from Encounter Bay. Hey, Steve, Matt and Nimsy, love the no bullshit motorsport talk and the inside scoops. That's what we are. We're just genuine monkeys just having a chat about what we love. So, uh, yeah. So, well, hey, Malcolm, welcome back to the show. And if you don't know, you make it up. <laughs> and if we don't know, we just make it up. If you don't know, you go... Rob who? Rob who? <laughs> Which is in relation to our guest earlier. Uh, welcome back to the show. First time since our out, outrageously successful live show. That was very in cool, Melbourne, wasn't it? Which was very that cool. Was I mean, I think half of us got COVID after it, but that's all right. That's okay. We uh, we had a great time, and thank everyone for coming down. <laughs> um, but you. Absolutely, coronavirus. <laughs> uh, Malcolm, where in the world, Carmen San Diego, do we find you this evening? In uh, sunny downtown Noosa without the sun and lots of rain for a whole week. <laughs> for a whole Wetter week. than an otter's pocket. <laughs> Wetter than an otter's pocket. Absolutely wow. it is. So in the palatial in the palatial Owens beachfront pad with your lovely <laughs> wife Joe, tell me no what sub <laughs> tell me what subject we are covering this evening. Okay, well, this evening we are covering Ford versus Holden, Falcon versus Commodore, and why this now was the demise of the Commodore in Australia, and particularly in supercars from next year, raises the question, what happens next with the Ford-Holden rivalry that's gone on for half a century? So that's, that's, a that's great really question. That's where we're at, particularly with the announcement from WAU that it's defecting to Ford next year to take the Mustang over the Camaro. It really made me think about how this is going to play out in the future. But if we have a look at it, the locally produced Aussie icons were the backbone of the automotive life, despite all the imported brands such as you know, Mercedes and BM at the top end, Kia or Hyundai at the other. It didn't matter for a middle segment of Australia. It was Ford or Holden, Falcon or Commodore being washed in the drive on the weekend, completed the Aussie dream. And I think that's a, that's a real key part of it. Yeah, sure. So your journey in... Sorry, mate. I said, yes, yeah, sure. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, your journey in life was matched with the model. So you start with the Povo Pack base model, then you go to the S, the Sport 6, to locally produce V8, and then the older blokes were getting into the Fairlanes or the Calais, and it was all about the street cred. And now it's all gone away. So the question is, the change is forcing fans to um, question their passions and um, and where, where they're going to land. Because particularly if you consider what goes on on the mountain in October, 
each yeah. year, the Bathurst Blue and Red Pilgrimage. I mean, just think about it. Imagine Moffat or DJ in a Holden, Brocky or Scaife in a Falcon. I mean, Lounsey did it in 20, 20, 2001, but some went with him, but most stayed loyal until he came back to the Red Lions. So it's really time to um, to pick your side, isn't it, don't you think? Well, I, it's a hard one, as you rightly say, because Camaro and GM, I mean, GM exists in Australia through its GM special vehicles thing, but Camaro is a product you're not going to be able to buy. You can't buy it in Australia anymore. So I, I, I genuinely... I love what WAU have done. I mean, Malcolm, you're a businessman, so I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on that switch across to Ford. I saw someone today wrote that that um, uh, Holden and Triple Eight ended the marriage four years ago, and WAU just signed just signed the divorce papers because that's really what happened, wasn't it? There was divorce, and they went to Triple Eight, and and WAU were no longer the factory. I mean, do you, as a businessman, see why why Ryan has done what he's done? Absolutely, because there's no place for emotion in business. Um, there is, there is. I mean, heritage is a big thing. We talk about nostalgia a lot, particularly when I'm talking about classic cars. One of the biggest drivers is nostalgia. So I think you need to weigh that up against what's happening in the market, what's available for sale. And for those guys, I'm sure it's where the um, sponsorship dollar or where they can get some funding because there's obviously no factory funding coming from Holden because it basically, it, well, it doesn't basically, it actually doesn't exist in Australia. Whereas, whereas Ford, Ford does. <clears throat> so there's a couple, of, a couple of little points I want to make about this. And you guys can help me out here. Who was the first to produce an Australia, a fully Australian designed and produced car? Was it Ford or Holden? Holden. Ford. Correct. Holden. Holden. It was, it was yeah. the FX. It was the FX. first wholly designed car manufactured in Australia. The actual first Ford was the XA in 72. So that's a long way because all the previous wow. models were based on the US models. But Ford sold cars in Australia before Holden because it was importing the Model T as knockdowns and they were being assembled at dealers. And that was from really um, mm-hmm. 1909, 1910. Yeah, right. So the first Falcon that was manufactured in Australia was the XK series. So that was September 1960, which was based on the US model. And then if we're going to go particularly, it's, it's, it's hard because you can go Ford or Holden and go Commodore or Falcon because the um, first Commodore was the VB in 78. So Holden, uh, sorry, Falcon had a big start on them because you have five generations of Commodores and seven generations of Falcon. But what's interesting is even with the latest start, there are about 3 million produced of each. Right. So about 3 million Falcons, 3 million Commodores. The Commodores obviously over a much shorter period. So that just showed that the Commodores regularly outsold Falcons. And in fact, they clocked up 70, month in, 70 months in a row of outselling um, the, the Falcon until the BA knocked them off in um, 2003. So um, it was really a, a, a trading top place between 82 to 88 was all fold and the Commodore took over. And then Commodore led for 15 years in a row until 2010. Wow. And then, of course, both started to decline against the Japanese and the Korean car brand. So, yeah, so it's, um, I, I really think the Commodores had it. And look, one of the, one, I think one of the real things is, is in the 60s, you, you, your dad or your grandfather, or depending on how old you are, would buy a car. And even, without even knowing it, that could start generational allegiances. Like... My family was always buying Fords. My grandfather bought Fords. My dad bought Fords. So naturally, we were always towards the Ford side of the fence, you know, supporting it in supercars, buying the Fords. And others are completely 
completely holden. So um, it's it's often a good question to ask someone that's that's blue or, or, or red what, what what your dad or what your grandfather drove because it is it is generational and it's a little sad that some of that um, has gone away. Oh look, so I, I, look- I think that's one of the biggest. One of the big, one of the things that I've I've read online, Malcolm, is the backlash from people saying, you know, um, my father and I have followed HRT for a million years, and I, I can't follow them in a Ford and all that kind of stuff. So you're right; it is a multi generational thing. My old man worked for Holden for years and years and years in marketing, and we had Holdens for years and years and years and years and years as company cars, and I'm a Holden guy. Um, if they were around, I'd probably be driving one now, but I'm not, so I don't. But, um, yeah, I love them too. So they are absolutely multi-generational. And I think also the demise of those has really put um, some pressure on supercars because, I mean, there was some waning in the following, particularly with the media, as we've discussed previously, and the access to free-to-air and some people getting a bit um, ticked off with it. And um, now that basically Commodores and Falcons are out, it's sort of, I think for some people will go, well, I've had enough. So it's it's interesting to see what supercars are going going to do now to change that, to say how we're going to get the people back. Because it was fear that we're going to have a whole lot of Kia Stingers running around and BMWs, but that that obviously hasn't happened, which I think is great for the sport. I think there's separate categories that are absolutely perfect for those cars and and there's nothing wrong with the racing, whether it be those or, career couple or, or um, TCM um, but keeping the the supercars pure well I think for the moment it's the right thing to do so oh, look, if we, I, I if think you're have... absolutely right but they got no choice Mal either they literally oh, have look. no choice they, mm. they, it's only was only ever going to be GM there are no international manufacturers and just hey quickly on another point very quickly you'll, you'll get a kick out of this uh, have you ever been to Encounter Bay Malcolm in South no. Australia well, we had I've a. Never uh, we oh. had, uh, well, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. There we go. There it is. <laughs> uh, we had uh, we had one of our listeners who's a long time listener, first time texter, text in Jason and um, Jason, and we asked Jason where Encounter Bay is, and he said it's just around, uh, just down the coast from Victor Harbour, uh, an hour south of Adelaide. And I asked him what the three things that uh, it was most famous for. He said Schoolies Festival. Beautiful coastlines and being God's waiting room. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Also, there. a good place to go to burn the car you steal in Adelaide, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Not at AU Falcon, though. <laughs> I don't know, Jace. Tell us. It's an burn? AU Falcon! <laughs> <laughs> Do we get it? <laughs> Back on track, back on go, track. Go, go, go. Back on track. Okay, let's talk fleets because both Commodores and Falcons dominated the fleets of taxis, police cars and company vehicles in the day. And the choice of company car, and I remember this as a, as a young marketer coming through and I was, I was fortunate to get my first company car, was always Falcon, Commodore, Camry. And only the accountants and the cricket fans chose the Camry, usually beige. And a friend of mine who was a cop loved the Commodore so much that when he was given an XR8, and I won't name any names, Bryson, um, he set out to destroy it in two shifts so he didn't have to drive it again. In fact, he destroyed two of them because he had such a love for Commodores that he just wanted to get back into one. So there you, there you go. go. And if we talk about Bathurst, Holden 34, 421. So Holden's certainly well ahead there. Nissan's yeah. one too, but not from the Callies. That was the GTR days, I think. And yes. um, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. I think it's a Jag one in '85 with John Goss. Is that? Did, yep. 
Yeah, quite. Was that, what, back, was that, yeah. Yeah, well, that was John Gossier back in 85? Yeah, because yeah, 86 a lot of people... was um, the Eggenberger Sierra. So, yeah, it would have been 85, I think. Yeah, yeah. In my mind, the best Bathurst cars were the XC Falcon Coupes with Moffat Bond and the um, A9X um, SS's of Brock and Richards. There was also a pretty good XD in 81, I reckon, as well. Um, there was, we there was a pretty second-hand one in 1980 as well. <laughs> <laughs> When he did a McKeldon off the top there, yeah. Hey, <laughs> oh, hey. Into the wall for Matt McKeldon. <laughs> <laughs> That's three drive-bys, two from two from listeners and one from a guest. Good on you, Matt. <laughs> That's the trifecta. I've been done. I'll just, I'm going to turn my mic off and just sit back here and let uh, Stevie J take over the show. <laughs> What's your take on that, mate? It's total bullshit. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly what I thought of this. Unsolicited attack on McKeldon this evening. Fully agree with you, Tim Edwards. Let's get stop getting stop putting Malcolm off track. Jesus Christ! Sorry, Sorry Mel. All I'm right. with your segment. So we'll get off the off the mountain. Our touring car championships: Ford twenty seven, Holden twenty two. But if we look at Commodore, it's eighteen and Falcon seventeen. So Commodore's ahead again. Holden's obviously won the most races. We saw them uh, Van Giz clock up the six hundred in in Perth just a couple of weeks ago. Last week, I think. And Ford has just over four hundred. So pretty much gapped them there. I think if um. If you look at special vehicles, this is a pretty easy one because I think Holden Special Vehicles has really developed a much better product and much better brand than the, than the Tickford offering. I think it dominates the, the high-end performance market and I think they just built their brand and developed it and marketed it a lot better than, than Ford did. I think Ford was sort of in and out of it, a bit like they've been in with racing. You know, we're in for a little bit, out for a bit, whereas Holden stayed the stayed the journey in both cases i mean there's some excellent that, Mal, out there Mal, i yep. think with that too do you agree that back obviously when i was racing it for me it, it felt like the hsv side of things um even from from right back from from the silver the silver bullets that they used to race that the, the they were always more aggressive. They would always bring out a car with more power. They'd always bring out a car with, with a, a much larrier um, body kit than Ford would. Ford tended to be quite conservative, and I think that was probably what hurt them the most between them and HSV back then. And I think so, and particularly with the Utes, which was really the bread and butter of a lot of people that wanted a, mm. a hot Falcon or, or oh, a Oh, that Maloo Ute, Ute just killed it, didn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the amount of power that thing had was just crazy. But, I mean, it absolutely sold. But I think now, if you look at it, um, that the Mustangs are out there, and there's some really nice top-end Mustangs, such as the Shelby GT500, you know, the Eleanors and these types of things. So I think now that Ford's really been able to hook into the reputation and heritage of the US cars, because obviously Mustang goes back to the 60s, and they've had some beautiful cars, lots of movie cars, and I think that's really going to help them... Um, move along so if we look at the classic car market ford's number one with the gt ha phase three because one sold last year for 1.3 million and that was the most expensive road car registered in australia and then peter brock's personal 85 ss group a it sold for 1 million and 50 but i think that had a little bit of star power as well so i think if that wasn't peter brock's that may have been about half that maybe six six fifty because um, that was one of the, the blue minis, and they're selling anywhere between four and six. But if you look at the prices, Group A's, the blue minis, the Brock Commodores, the Monaros, A9X, Tiranas, they're well ahead of the, of the Falcons. I mean, if you look at, other than the um, GTHOs, you've got some really nice 
Coop Falcons from the 70s that are commanding big money, but certainly not at all what um, what the Commodore stuff has. So I guess the, the, the final thing with this is, is, is what's next. I think for Ford, it's clearly the Mustang. And I see that's been a huge success on and off track. And to me, I really feel that win on, win on Sunday, sell on Monday, sort of come back with that. And there's a lot of people that fell in love with Ford again with with the um, the Mustang and particularly the V8 because that's that's really what we're all about. And I think particularly in the, in the McLaughlin DJR years when it was just so dominating that people just wanted to get one. And for Holden, well, really nothing but the Camaro, which is still a GM product, um, but you can't buy one. I mean, unless it's a personal import or a special vehicles. Um, but I think a lot of red alliances will continue with the Camaro. The problem is the Ford is still here, the Holden isn't. The future may be all electric Kias, but I doubt it. And I think the Summon that's crowd will definitely not approve of that. So it's be interesting to sit back and, and see where this plays out over the next 12 months to 18 months. And I really feel that the Supercars Championship is really like the, the focal point of this. And, and really we'll see what happens with the sponsorship and the support and whether we start to lose an audience. And... As we've said many times, I think it's about time that they reconsidered the way they they offer the offer the product to, to the consumers. I reckon. I think they might uh, they might find themselves a bit lacking if they don't do something. I reckon that you were pretty spot on when you talk about the, how the win on uh, win on Sunday, buy on Monday mentality is kind of coming back with Ford because you're right, you do see a lot of Mustangs, and considering the fact that like walking through Andretti United, you're not going to get a team currently on the grid that's got more links. To, you know, bleeding red that sort of see that. Hang on a second. There's a there's a much bigger commercial sort of decision that's been made here by uh, Uncle Ryan. So uh, I think you're pretty spot on that one. And I think Ford have got a massive opportunity now if they really want to have a crack at it. And it's not all about um, the Utes and the four wheel drive market. I mean, it, it it's certainly that's what's selling at the moment. But there's still a big part of Middle Australia that's after the V8 muscle. Uh, something a bit more than a Ranger or, or the Toyota equivalents because it's something that Ford can can really lead in, whereas um, everybody's got um, a four-wheel drive twin cab now. You know, so how do we stand out? You stand out with something different than the Mustangs. Yet. So, yeah, great opportunity for those guys coming up now, I think. Well, who knows what the future has. It's going to be a very, very interesting uh, next couple of 12 months. But, uh, Malcolm, it's always a pleasure to get you on board and slide open the doors to the classic Cars Corner. Stay dry and um, safe travels <laughs> safe travels back home. Thanks, guys. Good on you. See you later on. <laughs> Malcolm Owens there joining us for the classic Cars Corner. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.